What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
Welcome to another episode of the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast. I'm your host, Midnight Star. What you heard was Masters of Chaos by Dragon Ritual Drummers. I was going to do another Elstera episode, but instead I'm going to talk about chaos, magic, permaculture, and her story. These topics were suggested by Sammy Castangue. I hope I pronounced your last name right, on the Music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page. Sammy also suggested a dream symbol to interpret for the show. I'll try to get through all four subjects the best way I can. Oh yeah, if you have a suggestion for an episode topic, spirit guide, or dream symbol, you can contact me not only on the podcast Facebook page, but on Twitter at Goddess Vault, Podomatic, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, and Spreaker to name a few. I will continue on with these topics after this song by Michelle Mace called The Apple. to warn all you pagan listeners out there that what I'm about to say might be dangerous if you want to practice chaos magic. Like Stan Lee said in the very first Spider-Man comic book, with great power comes great responsibility. 
What I'm going to talk about might sound like a combination of the Law of Attraction and the Aleister Crawley episodes that I did in the past. I will also try my best to explain it in a more simpler way. I mentioned in a past episode that science wasn't my favorite subject in school. Chaos magic is a form of practice that helps you change your circumstances, otherwise throw off social norms, achieve freedom, and becoming responsible for your actions. Most of this form of magic relies on using focused energy to disrupt the universe. The way that chaos magic practitioners focus their energy is through grounding, shielding, and centering. Then they learn to alter their consciousness through the use of meditation, hypnosis, and by masturbating. The latter is more Aleister Crowley's idea of the law of attraction. Otherwise, chaos magic doesn't require complicated rules and rituals, and there is no boundaries as to what you can or can't do. You can use chaos magic to attract money and love. And all you need, aside from going into an altered state of mind, is a quiet place and a notebook. Practitioners of chaos magic also use symbols to help them out, like the Ankh, Pentagram, Tree of Life, Thor's Hammer, and all the other pagan symbols can do. Not only can one use symbols for chaos magic, but patterns can also do. Again, just to remind you that chaos magic can be very powerful and dangerous. For the new people out there learning the craft for the very first time, stick to what your teacher is teaching you for now. The one good thing that I can say about chaos magic that I agree with is that it teaches us to view the world and the universe as an illusion that you can control. We pagans see all of life as magic. It's magical that spring will arrive soon, and all the trees and plants are renewing their magical journey of budding and the snow melting to reveal the green grass once again. Here's the magic wheel by Gaia's voice.
It's time for the Spirit Guide of the Week. This next Spirit Guide comes from Ireland. He is the deity of the Druids, and he is the Degda. Degda literally does mean the good god. He is the spirit of magic and abundance, lord of regeneration, provider of plenty, and captain of abundance. The Degda is the chief of the Thwatha Degdanan, otherwise the tribal Allfather. He is the lord of Newgrange, and both of his kids, Brigid and Angus Magog, are the most powerful of the Irish deities. He is also the wise and powerful master of paradoxes. The Degda is described as an old, bald, fat, and sloppy guy who bumbles a lot. Yet, he is also the master of sex. After all, he is a fertility and phallic deity. He even engaged in the great rite with goddesses like the Morrigan and Bowen. He owns a lot of treasures. Some of them include a cauldron, a magical harp, a ladle big enough for two men to lie down, and an iron club that on one end kills someone and on the other end resurrects. What you can offer the Dagda on your altar are the following. Oatmeal, porridge, mead, Irish whiskey, and poteen. That is it for now. Stay tuned for another Spirit Guide of the Week.
That was Harp of Dagda by Trobard de Morte. I'm going to talk to you about what permaculture is. It's a term coined by David Holmgren and Bill Mollison. It's basically a system using the patterns and features in the ecosystem. In layman's terms, it's working with nature and not against it. It's also looking at plants and animals and all their functions in the ecosystem. There are many branches of permaculture. Some of them include ecological design, environmental design, and ecological engineering. I just saw a documentary last week about how much food we waste and what to do about it. I do remember seeing a farmer talking about planting one seed, say corn, on his farm one year and switching it up with a seed of a different grain or vegetable in the following year, just to keep the ecosystem going. There is a YouTube or Facebook video out of what happened when the wolves were reintroduced to Yellowstone National Park. When the wolves were all gone, that area looked like a desert. After their reintroduction, that land became green again. There are lots of books and information on the web where you can learn more about permaculture. This next song is called Forest Flowers Waltz and it's by Beltane. Thank you. 
Here's a dream symbol to interpret. Today's dream symbol was a suggestion from Sammy Castanguay. Sammy suggested Meteor and told me their dream which also had camping in friends. I'm not just going to do Meteor, but camping in friends as well. If your dream had a meteor in it, it means that you are currently experiencing success in a project that you are doing. An alternative meaning to meteor represents wishful thinking and idealistic thoughts. If your dream had a meteor shower in it, that symbolizes romantic thoughts and idealistic notions in your waking life. Now camping in dreams. If you dreamt that you were camping, it's telling you that you really do need a time to rest and relax. Otherwise, you do deserve a vacation. Or an alternative meaning to camping in dreams is that it represents your sense of belonging into a social and support group. At the same time, you want to be independent. There are many ways to interpret friends in your dreams. I'm only going to mention one for now. If you see your friend in your dream, it means that there is an aspect of your personality that you rejected that you are ready to incorporate into your real life. That is it for this week's dream symbol. If you want a dream for me to interpret and maybe have a dream symbol featured, the contact information will be mentioned at the end of the show. So keep dreaming. What is her story, you might ask? Of course, it's a pun of history. I'm going to give you a brief history of the term. Robin Morgan first used the term in her article, Goodbye to All That, in the early 70s. The second wave of feminism in the 70s and 80s soon started to see the study of history as a male-dominated intellectual enterprise. Of course, back then, the term her story was used in both a serious and comical way. In more recent history, or her story, in August of 2017, a 17-year-old inventor, environmentalist, and social activist, plus a history lover by the name of, I hope that I pronounced this one right, Herdith Sudev, launched the Her Story movement online. This kid wanted to campaign for an unbiased view of history. He wanted to use the internet as a platform to celebrate lesser-known great people who are female, queer, or other marginalized persons who helped change the modern world. It's more of an academic platform that features stories of female, LGBTQ, and other marginalized historic figures. You can check out the Her Story Movement website by going to herstorymovt.wordpress.com. Here's You're a Woman Now by Crow Women. Woman, woman, you're a woman now, woman, woman. You're a woman now, you are sacred. Woman, woman, we are your mothers. We honor you in your new freedom and responsibility. Woman, woman, you're a woman now, woman, woman, you're a woman now too.
Here's another myth. This next story comes from worldoffolktales.com, and it's a story from Portugal called Princess Bluegreen of the Seven Cities. Once upon a time, in the lost kingdom of Atlantis, there ruled a king whose name was Grey White. He had married a beautiful queen, Rose White. They lived in a magnificent palace, but it was a sad place because there were no little children in it. There are plenty of babies in the homes of the poor pheasants who can scarcely find food for them, mourned King Grey White. Why is it that I, the ruler of this vast, rich kingdom, can have no children to inherit my wealth and my domains? Women in tiny hovels have their arms full of rosy, dimpled darlings, sighed Queen Rose White. Why is it that I, the queen of this magnificent palace, can have no baby of my own? Queen Rose White passed her days and nights in weeping, while King Grey White grew ugly and cruel to his subjects. Once he had been the kindest ruler in the world, things went on like this for several years. Queen Rose White's lovely face grew pale and wan, and her beautiful eyes became so sad that it hurt the hearts of her faithful subjects. The king's face lost its expression of joy, kindness, and became sour and cruel. They offered prayers and solemn vows before all the holy shrines in the whole kingdom of Atlantis, but no child was born into the royal palace. King Greywhite grew so harsh and ugly to his subjects that the entire kingdom offered prayers and vows too. As things were, life was not worth living in the kingdom of Atlantis. In front of the royal palace, there was a beautiful terrace where King Greywhite and Queen Rosewhite had loved to walk in the days before they had grown cross and sad. One night, when they were sitting upon the terrace, enjoying the fresh soft evening air and the bright starlight, there suddenly appeared a dazzling light, which almost blinded them. Queen Rosewhite covered her face with her hands, and the king bowed his proud head upon his breast. Do not fear to look at me, said a gentle voice. King Greywhite and Queen Rosewhite glanced up. They saw a tiny fairy standing before them with a circle of bright light dancing about her. King and Queen of Atlantis, said the gentle voice, you shall have a child, a little daughter, prettier than the sunlight. I have heard your prayers and vows, but I have also heard the prayers and vows of your poor subjects too. The glad news had brought happy light into Queen Rosewhite's beautiful eyes, but now it faded out and a look of fear crept in. It had hurt the queen's loving heart to have her husband so cruel to his subjects. She often had told him that punishment would surely come upon him because of his harsh deeds. When the little princess be born, went on the fairy's voice, I shall take her away from you for twenty years. No harm will come to her. I shall hide her away from you and all the world within seven beautiful cities, which I shall construct in the loveliest part of your whole kingdom. Around these seven cities, I shall place strong walls. At the end of the twenty years, if your heart, King Greywhite, is free from sin and you have made proper restitution for all your wrongdoing, you shall receive the princess into your arms. Twenty years is a long time, said King Greywhite sadly. Tears were running down Queen Rosewhite's cheeks and she could not speak. You must wait until twenty years are over, continued the fairy. If you attempt to enter the strong walls before that time, you shall fall dead and your kingdom shall be consumed by fire. Swear to me now in the presence of your faithful queen that you will not try to enter these strong walls which I shall construct about the seven cities. I swear it, said the king, in a voice which trembled as he solemnly lifted his right hand. The vision disappeared as suddenly as it had come, and King Greywhite and Queen Rosewhite sat alone in the bright starlight on the terrace before the royal palace. 
have I been dreaming? asked the king. It was not a dream, replied the queen. Time passed and a beautiful baby daughter was born to the king and queen of Atlantis. They gave her the name of Princess Blue-Green. There was great rejoicing throughout the entire kingdom. Her birth was celebrated by lavish feasts and gay songs and dances. When little Princess Blue-Green was only three days old, she disappeared from the royal palace. She had been carried away by the fairy to the seven cities which had been constructed to receive her. Years passed. Every day the king and queen received reports from the fairy. They heard that the little Princess Blue-Green was well, and that each hour she grew lovelier. Sometimes there was almost joy in the palace when King Greywhite chuckled over the quaint sayings of the little princess which were repeated to him, and the queen heard with a tender smile of the tiny blue slippers and the green parasol which the fairy had given her. That day, Queen Rosewhite bought new slippers for many little maids in the city. As time went on, however, the royal palace of Atlantis grew almost as sad as it had been before the Princess Blue-Green had been born. Only to receive reports of their daughter was not enough to make the king and queen happy. They longed to see her with their own eyes and to clasp her in their arms. As the weeks and months and years rolled by without seeing the little princess, King Greywhite resumed his cruel treatment of his subjects. He was growing old and his nature grew sour with the years. Queen Rosewhite tried to reason with him. We must bear this thing with patience, she told him. We bought it upon ourselves. The king kept raging against the fairy and did not notice Queen Rosewhite's politeness in saying, we instead of you. It was the king who was responsible for all the cruelty. Good Queen Rosewhite had never had a cruel thought in her whole blameless life. At last, the day of the 18th birthday of Princess Bluegreen grew near. Are you sure that it is not 18 years which the fairy said, instead of 20 years, asked King Greywhite who was querulous? Queen Rosewhite assured him that it was 20 years as he well knew. The king's anger broke out fiercely. I will no longer be kept from my daughter, he cried. Would you break the vow which you solemnly made to the fairy in my presence, asked Queen Rosewhite trembling. She had never dreamed that he would dare to break it. Now, however, she was thoroughly frightened at the thought which came to her. I'll break that foolish vow, shouted the king savagely. Tears rolled down the cheeks of good Queen Rosewhite. No good will come to this, she mourned. Be prudent, dear king. It is only two more years which we have to wait. The last two years will be the hardest of all, raged King Greywhite. I cannot endure it. That very day, he started to prepare the army for the expedition to the Seven Cities. Amid the queen's lamentation, and in spite of her fears and warnings, be wise and patient, dear king. Give up this wild expedition, were her last words to him. When, at length, all the preparation completed, he set out with his great army upon the dangerous quest of the seven cities surrounded by their strong walls in the loveliest part of the whole kingdom of Atlantis. King Greywhite marched on and on. It was a long and perilous journey, and the army suffered many hardships on the way. It seemed as if they would never arrive, but at last they drew near to what everyone knew was the most beautiful part of the whole kingdom, where the fairy had taken the princess blue-green to conceal her. Storms raged, lightning flashed, ominous roarings and rumblings sounded from the depths of the earth. Let us hasten back to the royal palace before it is too late, besought the general of King Greywhite's army. On, on, cried the king. Do you think I would abandon this expedition now? The words were hardly out of his mouth when a huge rock fell from its place near where he stood and rushed away down the mountainside. The earth trembled violently beneath their feet. Fearful rumblings and roarings sounded all about them. On, on, shouted the maddened king. 
Before them rose the great walls which the fairy had built around the seven cities. Within these walls was the Princess Blue-Green, radiant with the beauty of her 18th winters and summers, passed in peace and happiness under the watchful care of the kind fairy. The thought of her thrilled the heart of King Grey-White. On! On! He shouted to the generals about him. On! On! They in turn passed the word along the trembling soldiers which composed the royal army. With the fearful sounds and shakings about them, the poor men heartily wished they were safe at home. They rallied, however, for a final charge and swept up to the walls which surrounded the seven cities. King Greywhite struck his royal sword against the Great Wall. At that moment, the walls fell. The earth beneath their feet rose. Great flames swept up towards the sky and rushed over the land, sweeping everything before them. Then the sea raged over the earth in violence until it had covered the whole kingdom of Atlantis. The fairy's curse had been fulfilled. The king was dead. His kingdom was consumed by fire. When at last the waters grew calm again, all that remained of the great rich kingdom of Atlantis was the group of nine rocky islands, which today is called the Azores. In the largest of these islands, St. Michael, there is still an enchanted spot called Seven Cities. Great wall-like mountains tower toward the sky in the center. In the crater valley amid the wall-like mountains, there is a lake of green and one of blue. The blue lake is where the beautiful Princess Blue Green left her little blue slippers, they say, and the green lake is where she left her lovely green parasol. For the story you heard, You're a Woman Now by Crow Women. That is it for this show. Again, I'm your host, Midnight Star. If you are like Sammy Castingue and have a suggestion for a show topic, Spirit Guide, which hasn't happened yet, or a dream suggestion, or you like to like and share, you can do so by going onto the Music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page, or you can tweet me at Goddess Vault, or through SoundCloud, Podomatic, Spreaker, or wherever you hear this podcast. I am going to leave you with Echoes of Atlantis by the Moon and the Night Spirit. Blessed be.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.